The following content knows it just doesn't care. Start the show. We know. We're well, we are well aware. We just don't care, and here we are doing this show anyway. Period. That one really hits home. <laughs> it really does. I think we've all felt that way at some point. I call that every day. <laughs> Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. <laughs> that was just my random Jeezy sound effect. I'm sorry. You gotta do one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I think I might have discovered another sound effect we have to go pull out again. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is episode. Oh shit! One sixty-seven. God damn, we up there, boy. It's just the numbers don't even seem real anymore, right? I was explaining. Somebody last night asked me, "Are you so so? How's how's the how's the cast going? How's the how's the pod going?" Um, we're we're about to record episode one sixty-seven. One sixty-seven. God damn! How do you even remember that number at that point? Yeah, look at what you did last week. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I have to mark these motherfuckers in my notes. Just throw out a random three-digit number. That's probably the episode number we're on now. Correct. Correct. At, at, at this point, we can just literally play. We just have a, a episode raffle. And just have the most ridiculous moment from any given episode. But Ooh. we are not a clip episode. We're wow. not one of those clip podcasts. If you want to hear the best of opinions while black, you just got to listen to any episode. That's yeah. all. There we go. You know what I'm saying? We don't do all that best of clip episode shit. Because also, I immediately forget what we talk about as soon as we're done. Every single <laughs> fucking time. Every time. And people will engage you. Yeah. As if you just got through talking directly to them. Yeah. Man, and when you said blah, 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 yeah, I was like, oh, you get that much? No, they just say, yeah, I don't fuck with that bitch either. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No context. They just hit you with it. And you just and you just have to go back and listen to the episode and, and, and hope for the best. Yeah, I get Damien is so shady sometimes. I'm like, wait. Well, you got to be more specific. What did, I, what did I say this time? They think you're the shady one. Uh, I'm well, the subtle. I'm the subtle shady one. Okay, I'll say. Well, that's that's fair. We both have moments. Um, shout out to the new listeners. Why the fuck are y'all here? What the fuck are y'all doing here? Did y'all make better resolutions? <laughs> this is not the way to do a new year, new me thing. Mm. This is not the best start. This is the not new me that you want to be. Are you even listening to this from the gym? Of his planet fitness, I can see. They're probably eating pizza too. Man, milkshakes. They 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 probably switched it up by now. They hand out milkshakes. If you want to see a tragedy, let me let me have a milkshake at the gym. (laughs) 
Talk about swag surfing. Oh boy, that that that'd be the no fun. Um, well, then again, it's it's the ninth, so the gym is probably pretty quiet by now. That's true. They've emptied out the gym by now. Um, shout out to the new listeners. The fuck are y'all doing here? Shout out to the old listeners. Shout out to the day ones or the last days. Maybe y'all sick of this shit. Um, shout out to Philemon Bell. Is the reason. Um, I like, man, people will just, the one thing about the internet is very rarely do you get people having a mea culpa moment. And Phil had one for me. He tagged me in it. This was actually on, he actually tagged me in this on New Year's Eve, and I didn't get to it. Um, he says, and I quote, I don't do this often, so bear with me. I would like to apologize to Oz for those times I defended Derek Derelict Dick Jackson as a genuine womanist ally. Ever since we discovered that his antics were all performative, he's done a complete 180 and settled into his true role as a fuckboy. And as an example, he has displayed for me a Derek Jackson post from looks like either New Year's Eve or the day before that says, why is it that independent women refuse to date a man who's broke hashtag tell the truth, which is the equivalent of thoughts. That's what they do now. Thoughts. Whenever they, they just, they'll just leave you some fuck boy shit that somebody else said. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to take responsibility for it. They ask thoughts at the end, basically. Um, yeah, this is, yeah. D- Derek Jackson, because he can't go back. He can't go back and get all them same, all them same fans he had before. He got to lean in. He got to get in where he fit in. I'm telling you, next thing you know. He got to get a new car first. <laughs> Everybody recognizes them license plates number, <laughs> the numbers now. They recognize them raggedy ass seats. Get a new car. He's been wearing them seats out for the past five years. They got to be at least. Um, yeah, he can't, he can't get that audience back. He's he's never gonna be the nigga he was, and thank God. I just you know every now and then he pops up in like shade room comments or something, some lightweight shit where he can get where he can get twenty likes, um, and an extra follow probably. He ain't fooling nobody. That rebrand that rebrand for him is a long way off, because he got to shut the fuck up first, and he can't. I mean, the key to any rebrand is to first shut the fuck up. Yeah, you got to go away for a while. You got to let the old brand die off a little bit. B. Simone did it, and it's working out. No, it's not working out for her, actually, uh, because I still don't understand her appeal, whoever she is. (laughs) I think that's why they think you're the shady one, because you. You got you, you got to top it off with who, whoever that is. Yeah, I don't even know who these people are, man. Uh, in her, in, well, to your credit, in, in her case, mm, it doesn't matter. She's a wild and out person. You said right? Is oh, that right? yes. Okay. Yeah. Or was I'm not sure if Nick is still footing the bill for her fuckery. Hmm. Um, who cares? Exactly. Um, uh, flowers. Who was I going to say? Oh, that's right. I forgot. It is in addition to my man, my man Roy's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Put on um, the shirt, Roy. 
<laughs> um, in addition to Roy's birthday, um, flowers go to my man Charleston Wilson. Um, you locals will know him as the head honcho CEO top dog of Exotic Pop. Oh. Um, Exotic Pop has come a long way, man. You see, like you yeah. can see Exotic Pop in verses, yeah. like, <laughs> and they clearly getting paid, and they clearly getting paid guap to show that shit off, like. E forty just walking around with an exotic pop cup for any for yeah. any given moment in the week. Relations. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know, I always shout out um, Charleston. I could, I'm he's Gerard in my. <laughs> I grew up with this nigga. Um, he has the name of like the good college dormitory house, you know. <laughs> Right. Where you stay, man? Oh shit, man! Shit, I stay in. I stay at Charleston, Charleston, Charleston Weston, Charleston House, Charleston Wilson House, Charleston Wilson. Yeah. Oh, that's the fancy one. Yeah. You must be on scholarship. Damn, bro. All right. Um. So, basically, basically, the reason he gets flowers this week is because I am proud of this nigga. I grew up with him. We came out of the same circumstances. Basically, we came out of the same shit. We went to the same schools. Um, and this nigga has truly has made something of himself in a way that is literally awe inspiring. I am not shortchanging it. I am not downplaying it I, in any way. Hit him with the air horns to say that he is filthy, disgustingly stupid, rich. Um, and yes, I I don't think we should be leaning completely on capitalism, but just the fact that he took. Those circumstances And he's always had that level of Entrepreneurial drive And the reason And again this is the Anti-capitalist saying this thing These things because it's not just about The money he's making it's about Where he's put the money at any Given point you can see this man doing Exotic pop days where he goes to schools And him and his Him and his people read to kids and they do book drives and they do toy drives, clothing drives. He gives to his community at every turn. And I think that's what makes me most proud of him. And and the fact that kids that grew up like us, not that we were just in abject poverty or no shit like that. Uh we were just regular we were just regular niggas and that grew up in the hood. And the fact that he can take that those circumstances and flip it for himself. I don't want to make this a bootstrap thing at all, but it is something to be proud of when you turn those things around and give back to your community because too many of us treat the hood like it's just something to leave and not circumstances that we can flip into something better for people. Um and it makes me very proud every day. The fact that his birthday, I shit you not, is now considered exotic pop day. The, the only other time I remember in recent memory that the that Houston gave someone a day was Drake. And Drake ain't even from here. So, I, well, no, I'm not going to make a Jay Prince joke. Sorry. Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. Not fucking up other people's money. Um or lives or lives. This <laughs> is also true. Namely mine. <laughs> um 
I am just infinitely proud of this dude, man. And it's awe inspiring and it 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 gives other people hope and it gives me and it gives, you know, regular niggas like me hope. Um, that your circumstances can change and the way things are now might not be the way they will always be. Um so salute to Exotic Pop, salute to Gerard. Um love you for life, bro. Um if this nigga don't ever make if the, if I don't ever see a dollar, if I don't ever see any kind of benefit, aunt, homeboy discount, whatever, any of that shit, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I literally only talk to this. I literally talk to this man to update him on maybe what's going on with my family, what's going on with niggas we might have grown up with, um, shit like that, and. My family's so proud of him. They knew him all our lives. My family's so proud to see him where he is. It's all inspiring. That's all. I mean, there's nothing else I can really say without just really having a teary-eyed moment. So, flowers to this nigga. I love you, dog. Many more birth, many more happy, happy birthdays to come uh, in your future. I see it, bro. Um, having said that, going into the humans ain't shit segment, mm-hmm. um, I saw a meme going around recently that kind of bothered me. It's bothering me now, going into twenty twenty two, um, and I see all these where I see all these people making goals for themselves for the future. The meme, and I, to just to paraphrase here, <clears throat> excuse me, said. I can't wait until I can afford to be my whole self. Just like that. I can't wait until I can afford Mm. to be my whole self. And that disturbed me a little bit. Um, For a lot of reasons. One, I don't think. I don't. and, and, And again, this is not me telling people that they can't. That they can't hope for things and wish for things and work towards things to improve their life, to improve the quality of life. I just don't think that the narrative that you should be able to afford to be your whole self, your whole person that was put here on this earth without any money and will leave this earth without any money. Should have to rely on capitalism To be all of who you are That doesn't seem right to me It, it To me it, it's weird to To want to, to, to make a goal out of something that You don't necessarily have control over So to speak Like you don't, you don't have control over How much money you make or You know the resources that you have Or things like that so to me, it's it's kind of weird to 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 make yourself feel like you have not achieved whatever level of nirvana or whatever it is you want to call it without certain material things in place to to validate right. that. I think that for me, that's kind of what I don't know. It, it's it's almost defeating, and it's also absolving yourself of responsibility if you don't achieve it. So if you say, "Ah, yeah, well, you know." I won't feel whole unless I make a million dollars this year. I'm sure you might put in the work. You might put in 
a lot of work and you yeah. if if that is a you know a goal of yours but if you don't hit a million dollars even if you've outdone what you've done and feel more fulfilled than you did the year before you not, still you still put in the hard work but you 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 absolve yourself of the guilt of not reaching right a goal if you if you put it you know put it in in the hands of something that's not within your reach I guess that's the best way that I can, I can no, explain. No, it makes perfect sense. And the other thing, and the other thing I want to touch on there is that in that hard work that you put in, even if you didn't make a million dollars, you learn lessons. I guarantee you, if you work at something consistently, and you work as and you work at improving at that thing, I can guarantee you, you're going to see you're going to get some kind of experience out of it you're going to learn lessons and those are valuable too mm-hmm. and that might be the stepping stone towards you making a mil- making a half a million dollars next year the next year after that and it, these things are a process and we let social media convince us that we have to be able to afford to be our whole selves you don't you can listen i would be doing this podcast rich or poor i am doing this podcast rich or poor (laughs) no matter what i would be writing comic books no matter my station in life i have written comic books no matter my station in life i i was writing comic books when i was making less money than this but you know what's what's a little different is that there are a lot of people in this world, I would say most people, who don't have personal interests outside of things that provide them recreation. Like, there are people who like to do things that provide them amusement or diversion. Right. But how many people are there that actually find fulfillment out of things that they, that they create? So things like a podcast. That's true. That's true. There are people who like listening to podcasts. Yeah. How many people like to make them? Right. There are people who like reading comic books as a leisure activity. How many make them? How many people have the passion to make them? So what is it that you can do yourself to bring you that feeling of self-fulfillment outside of consuming what, right. is, be- what is being provided for you? And that's the, and that's the thing is that we, we know now. Well, we know, we've always known, really. Capitalism don't give a fuck about us. Capitalism capitalism will keep marching on Mm -hmm. even after it's plowed you under completely and used you for all you're worth. So the idea that we should just sit around wishing and hoping that capitalism is going to choose me or you or whoever the next person is to lift them up out of them, out of their circumstances because we played by all their rules and did all the things they wanted why on the off chance that you on the off chance that you can't live forever why don't you take a shot at being happy right now and finding joy you have to creating joy for yourself no matter your circumstances that has to be a lifelong commitment to get any to get anywhere of substance in this life. It has to. You have to commit yourself. Sometimes it's, and sometimes it's not hard. Some days it's not hard work at all. 
Sometimes it's a matter of just of just getting out of bed and and and, and making it through the day. Sometimes it is <clears throat> listening to your favorite song. It can be anything. Committing yourself to creating joy. And I don't want to downplay anybody that's going through real depression. That's not what I'm talking about here. But committing yourself to making a to creating a joyful life, whether it's the little things or the big things, matters so matters so much. Because if you keep going, well, I can. And this is somebody who's who is who is waiting with bated breath to get out of this fucking job. I don't hinge my life on thing. Everything will be fine once I get this job. Once I get this new job, everything will be fine once I get this. Once I get through this pay period and get this check. Everything will be fine once I take this vacation. Everything will be fine once I once I get half a million dollars. Because the bar is always going to, when it's capitalism, the bar is always going to go higher than what you can probably afford. And if you keep waiting on the what ifs and you keep waiting on things will be better when, you're never going to be happy. What what about taking that energy and investing it into actual improvements in yourself? Even, even something as simple as I need to be in better health. Let me take the steps to actively, um, you know, fix my my diet and activity levels so that I can um, be the best that I can be physically speaking. Like those are things that are within right. your grasp. Like I've, I've in recent years, I've even kind of made that a goal of myself. Albeit very very slow improvement of I will feel more complete when you know I am at a certain weight and a certain a certain level of health and a certain level of well being that's when I will feel complete um, and it's not dependent on these contrarian capitalist ideals in order to achieve that but it's a very tangible goal because that's what capitalism wants from you that's what it wants. It wants you to keep hinging on the idea that one day it's going to, it's going to act out of character and lift you up and choose you. All the good all the good stories throughout uh, throughout history kind of hinge on this. Yeah. That you're going to be the that you're going to be the lucky one to get out of to get out of that small town. And make a million dollars selling mops or whatever. Jennifer Lawrence was in a fucking movie where she was like, I don't know, she was like a single mother or some shit. You know all the you know all the white women do this. Uh-huh. Small town single mother or small town single mother that talks like a Jersey girl or whatever. And she made a million dollars by selling new mops. Fam. If you've ever known anybody in the small business racket that made a million dollars selling mops, they were also selling drugs. They were also selling dope. (laughs) There was dope. There were drugs hidden in those mops. I guarantee it. Just like when bad boys, what was it? What was it? Bad boys where they were putting dope in dead people? 
They're putting like cocaine in the de- in the dead bodies. Sounds about right. Yeah, fam, we gotta stop. We gotta stop lionizing these fairy tales. Um, as much as I love looking at Jennifer Lawrence, we have to stop lionizing movies with Jennifer Lawrence in them. Sorry, that was just my little side note to that. As having said that, I do love American Hustle. Um, <clears throat> I'm just saying. Quit waiting on the big moments. Make big moments out of make big moments out of your life. Never feel like you're waiting on the big moments or that the best or that the best years are passing you have passed you by. Make today's years, make today's moments your best moments. Again, on the off chance that you are not going to live forever, Try being happy today, right now. You know, maybe I listen to this podcast. Huh. I'm pretty happy. I mean, I'm pretty happy making it, so I hope you're pretty happy to listen to it. Just a thought. Just, li- a, just a thought. If they've listened to 160 plus, <laughs> then I would assume that they like it. They're probably they they probably fuck with us, or they hate listening. <laughs> I could not imagine. What a hate listener looks like. What a hate listener for this podcast. I can't imagine what our haters look like. Well, well in I, your case, I, I, can, I was gonna say I think one person's name comes to mind, but I won't mention. I was gonna say I I know of at least one, but fuck him. <laughs> uh, if he's listening to this podcast, then that's really just creepy. That's really just honestly creepy and sad. Um, Stop pandering. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just, I can't stop appreciating the women in my community. God damn. <laughs> fuck is wrong with me, man. Damn, they're not going to fuck you, Oz. Anyway, song of the week. <laughs> the great thing about Opinions While Black and doing this for as long as we've done it is that is playing music and the, the idea that I can, that we can have gone this long and there's so much good music out there that a name can come up in my head and go, damn, I haven't played anything from that nigga. Mm-hmm. And it'd be solid. I, how many times we come on here, damn, I ain't played nothing from Daft Punk. Damn, I ain't played nothing from NERD. I ain't played nothing from Lenny Kravitz. And this week, I realized I haven't played anything from PJ Morton. PJ Morton is the fucking truth, man. And you know, and I'm not even I'm not even gonna do like a whole little intro. Um This is Yeah, I'm gonna play this song. Um This is called Please Don't Walk Away. Dope song. Um it's a rainy weekend for us. Um so pour yourself something, get comfortable. Um we're gonna have a good pod. We're gonna get into it. And we will be back with more opinions while black. Let's go.
away mm. by pj morton man i gotta tell you i don't know who it was on twitter one time recently maybe it was isa um that was like talking about r&b and she was like what happened to the begging like what happened to the the begging niggas in r&b um and she, of course she played like tevin campbell for example man look the begging is still there pj morton and 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 the, and the wholesome begging, like you had the begging runs the gamut. If you really listen to some of this shit, PJ Morton is clearly begging for. Look, we've been going through the we've been going through the shit. Can we just get back to like the honeymoon phase? Can we do that again? Um, 
you know that is that, and it was some. Sm- and you don't you don't realize because it was some smooth ass begging. Yeah, but then you got niggas on the other side of, 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 of the gamut. Does Drake count as begging music? Well, yes, but with a caveat that he definitely caused pretty much all the problems he's begging her to forget about. <laughs> Baby. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> all of all of Drake's begging and how he misses these women always comes with the caveat that he probably fucked it up to begin with. Very true. Which is why which is why he probably um res- resonates with the common nigga <laughs> more than common niggas would like to admit. Yeah. And then you have niggas like Tank who are are begging, but they begging for the pussy. I mean, and, and let's be honest. Tank's superpower is that he can beg for the pussy while bragging on himself and somehow making it into, all right, girl. All right, girl, you're missing out. You're not knowing. I thought he'd be begging for a shirt. <laughs> This man ain't had sleeves in 20 years. Boy, out here cold. That nigga really is the movie Wolverine of R&B. Like, Wolverine and Tank are the only niggas where, where their, their uniform is a tank top. Yes. God damn. Even, like, 50 Cent to put on a shirt. We've seen Ja Rule put on a shirt. Like we've seen some some characteristically sleeveless niggas put on shirts, characteristically sleeveless <laughs> throughout Tank's entire career. I ain't never seen sleeves on this nigga, not once. Boy, I tell you, um, yeah. So uh, PJ Morton, great song. Um, uh, Opinions while black podcast playlist. Um, Update every week. You can find it on uh, Spotify and Apple. Um, I don't know who does the Apple one. I don't know who did. Boy, a a Ron and must be staying on point. He his shit is probably more up to date than mine. I'm gonna put it that way. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, Sad. Always got doing. It seems like we started off the year R.I.P. and um. Rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. To serve with love. The the man, the myth, the legend who paved the way. Uh, 94 years old, a life well well lived, honors well deserved. Man, there would like I and I, I'm not I'm not overhyping him to say this. I hate that. I hate when niggas learn a word, man. They learn overhyping and just decide that everybody who feels passionately about some shit they like has overhyped it. Fuck you. Um over who is not overhyping for me to say that there would be no Denzel without Sidney Poitier. Oh, 100. There would be like these like these top these top tier top brass niggas that we love. The women too. Uh I'm of course there are women who paved the way for them as well. Right. But yeah, there would be no Denzel without Sidney Poitier. There would be no Don Cheadle without Sidney Poitier. He is he is the OG leading man. He's the original black leader. leading man. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he, I mean, his his career wasn't as long as we'd have liked it, but there would be no Chadwick. Yeah, without Sidney Poitier. And Denzel, and let me tell you, Denzel even says it. Denzel said numerous times, "My career is me chasing Sydney and never catching him. Never, Sydney Poitier. If they, if you wanted to talk about a, uh, you wanted to talk about a, a movie versus, mm. Sydney Poitier is the one nigga I can think of who can lay claim to what Jay Z said about can't nobody fuck with me on that stage." The only person I can think of that could actively fuck with Sydney on that stage if they did a movie versus is Denzel. And even then, Denzel would get fucking smashed. Yeah. Sydney Poitier ain't got no virtuosities in his <laughs> in, 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 in his catalog. Or Man on Fires or wait, 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 no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Man on Fire was hard. Man it, on Fire was hard. It, it, it look it was a it was it looked good. Tony Scott did that shit. Like, uh, well, okay. It was Tony Scott definitely does a certain kind of film. Yeah, or did a certain kind of film. Rest in peace. A music video based. Well, let me stop. I don't know. Okay, you can say that about like Top Gun. You can even say that about what was the other shit he did where Denzel was time traveling. Ooh, the Paula Patton one. Yeah, you can uh, say that about that one. Man on Fire was an outlier. I would say. Okay, there, because there was definitely—I mean, it was—I mean, there was a lot of—it was a lot of rage and it was a lot of action, but there was an emotion. There was a very unique emotional resonance with Man on Fire, where we, where we, we gave a lot of passes in that movie to things that we would have said were whack in wait, any regard, because Mark Anthony was in that movie. Wait a minute, I, you know what? I think I'm thinking about the wrong. Hold on a second. I may be thinking about the wrong one. Hold on, hold on. I can't imagine what you would be confusing that with. Nah, because uh, for a while there, Denzel had done a couple of movies that I thought kind of ran together. I mean, uh, if, 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 if you want to talk about his whack shit, you can talk about the Train movie with him and Chris Pine when they didn't have shit to do. Yeah, I, I never saw that one. What do you think about the Equalizer movies? I may have gotten the Equalizer mixed up with Man Fam. Okay. <clears throat> Equalizer 1 was hard Equalizer 2 was trash So here's my problem with Equalizer 2 Basically on To it's credit And this is not This is not getting too far off from the Sydney point But I just want to point I just want to put this out there Equalizer 1 Which again Sydney doesn't have any Equalizer 2's um, Equalizer 1 was hard Equalizer 2 was for people who liked Equalizer 1. You got a lot of yeah. the same that you got with Equalizer 1. And I even liked the whole thing where he was in where he was an Uber driver. I liked that shit. Out of time. Having yeah, out of time. That was whack. Having said that, no, no, no. The the time travel one was deja vu. Deja vu, I see it here now. Yeah, yeah. No. So the problem with Equalizer 2 was that Denzel got more creative control and he got mad preachy. Like he like that that stopped being Mr. McCall and start turning into Denzel when he started preaching the old boy from Moonlight all the time. Safe house and, and oh god, well safe house is kind of hard. Uh, it, it could have been better. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. Again, Sydney ain't got no safe. Houses. But this is not this is not about Denzel. Sydney ain't got no safe houses. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. That I was that, that that had me in my bag. That Equalizer Two was basically him. Denzel preaching to this kid 
Yeah. And make and forcing him to read between the world and me. <laughs> like and treating this man like he can't read. He handed him the book and goes, What's that say? And he made him read it like he's like it's a six-year-old. Damn. <laughs> Between the world and me by Tanya Zico. Fam, chill. <laughs> oh, this is a uh... Yeah, when niggas get preachy. And again, Sydney 28 don't have no real preachy shit. And Sydney's IMDB is is a Hard. scroll. You know the closest Sydney Poitier gets to an some some equalizer or like deja vu type shit is when he was in that joint with Robert Redford sneakers, and that shit was hard. And that shit was hard. You had fam that look at that when you look back at the casting, even then Sydney Poitier was uh, was on it. You had Sydney, you had Robert Redford, you had Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd was hitting. No matter what anybody says, Dan Aykroyd was hitting. River Phoenix, mm. James Earl Jones, Ben Kingsley. My nigga, he, didn't, he knew what he was doing. He didn't take no bullshit. Oh, I forgot about In the Heat of the Night. Mr. Tibbs. <sighs> Mr. Tibbs, Virgil Tibbs. Damn. Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. Oh man, what Sydney had a lot, and that's not even counting one of my favorite movies, Uptown Saturday Night. Oh man, uh, with now known as Bill the Pill. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said it. I, and Bill don't get no air horns for that. Either. And let's do it again. Come on. Cal- with, with Calvin Lockhart. Oh man, come on, y'all. Y'all not fucking with Sydney. A piece man. of the action. Oh, piece of the action was hard. Uh. Now we're getting a little film snobby, and Craig. I imagine Craig Lindsay is going to come for us at some point. <laughs> Craig Lindsay and Ibersol Fowler are going to come for our necks at some point. Now that we have, we have put our movie opinions out there. Look, man, <laughs> I didn't. You know, all that to say, Sydney is uh, Sydney is the prototype dog. Like he, like you not you not going to find a lot of black male careers out here. Rivaling Sydney at all Yeah Especially when you consider The time that he came in And what he had Like he's seen shit that Thankfully No one that follows him Really has to see Right you know? And Denzel recognized that Yeah I can say guys like Denzel Guys like Don Cheadle um, Have spoken on And they re- and they realize those things But they'll never see it In, a, in the way that Sydney did We forget that Don Cheadle Is at, still relatively young Oh Unless you, ask, unless you ask Kevin Hart oh, That shit was so rude How old are you man? 52 Damn <laughs> That shit was rude <laughs> I didn't mean it like that Well we well, we can No we can replay it And we can argue how you meant it <laughs> That shit was hilarious Kevin Hart is rude I just wanted y'all to know uh, no matter how you feel about Kevin Hart's talent as a comedian, sometimes his comedic timing, that nigga is rude. Nah, whoop his little ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, rest in peace, Sidney Poitier. Um, passed at 94. There will not be another of his of his liking, of his caliber. He got his flowers, too. He did. You gotta appreciate. He did. We gave him his flowers nonstop. We gave him his flowers almost, for like thirty years, almost to the point where he ought to have been sick our asses. Yeah, because I remember there was a time when anything black happening, 
They had to drag Sydney ass out. He's like, nigga, I was napping. I was, I, I was not doing shit. Leave me alone. It's Fuck. How, it's how the NBA does Bill Russell now. Anytime they got any kind of anniversary thing, they got to they got to wheel Bill Russell out. Shut <laughs> motherfucking. They don't even make him walk anymore. They just wheelchair him in. He's just like, man, I'm just gonna raise this one hand. <laughs> Shit, can I take a nap in the back? Oh man, you so right. Bill ain't staying for that whole game. No, he's not. He's <laughs> First commercial break, Bill. Like, all right. Bill is the fuck out of here. Oh man, he got to be the epitome of who all there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill Russell is a city, and still ain't coming. <laughs> and still ain't coming. No matter how many flowers you give him, yeah. Send, mail me them hoes. Fuck y'all. <laughs> um. So yeah, man. Uh, rest in power, Sydney Portier. We love you. Um, always remember, remember you. I'll probably go home and watch Sneakers again. I I love that movie. Like for somebody who grew up in the eighties and nineties, uh, Sidney Poitier and Sneakers was just some of the, some OG shit. And he was just acting circles around motherfuckers that could act. Robert Redford. We're not questioning Robert Redford. Yeah, he was acting circles around Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Can't wait to hear Craig's. Uh Response. Oh God, he gonna tear he gonna tear my ass to pieces for even considering <laughs> sneakers to be a good movie, dog. Like I already know. Craig, uh, Craig gonna pull up an article that he wrote about it fifteen <laughs> years ago. You're so right. Oh man, we it, it, but it, well, we Craig Craig is another nigga that deserves flowers while he's here. But that's, that is that's for another episode. Um. Uh, what else is going on? Did you listen to the the new Weekend album? I, I I'm just not into the Weekend anymore, man. I just I can't do it. I just can't. I can't get into him. I get it. I get it. And I was I was on that fence recently. Do I even like because he has features? He still has features that I fuck with. Yeah, like literally, the weekend's existence on Donda is the only likable thing I can ever say about Donda. It's the only redeeming thing I can say about that album. Only redeeming thing I can say is I've never listened to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you get air horns for that one. (laughs) Um, but I was having that crisis because I was a big weekend fan, and like, but. I was a I was a fan of the haunted strip club music emo emo um space fuck music uh weekend. Hmm. You know, um that <laughs> to quote uh oh a friend of mine that said this a long time ago, the weekends the weekend back when he made songs that all sounded like he was writing them while hiding underneath the woman's bed. Or in her closet sniffing her panties. Okay. <laughs> she ain't wrong. <laughs> you know, you got to pull him out. Abel, we talked about this. <laughs> um, no, I'm, but yeah, I miss when he made music you could fuck to. And now he just makes music you can fuck to on LSD. Wow. And, and like, And so when he got in this weird 80s synth pop bag And I I wasn't feeling it I I wasn't feeling it for probably the past two albums Even that album that that everybody was all hype about 
all year that he uh, told the Grammys fuck you over. The production was there, but I just it, it it wasn't my cup of tea, and I was like, maybe the weekend just isn't isn't selling what I was buying anymore. And I listened to this album, and to be honest with you, because I do like eighty synth pop, I love it. It's a it's a there's a very distinct bag that it gets in that gets me going, and the weekend tapped into that in this album. The closest thing I can ever I can ever compare it to is probably the Drive soundtrack, which just all sounds ethereal and ethereal and on drugs. And to be honest, I had to I had to ask myself if anybody else but The Weeknd made this album, would I even be having this existential crisis about whether or not I like it? And if this came from anybody else, if this came from a no name, if this was something that I was that I discovered and was putting people onto, I would think this shit was jamming. And in fact, I listen. I so I had to get out of myself in that regard and listen to it that way. And I fucking love this album. Makes sense. I can play cyberpunk to this album. You know, um, probably not Call of Duty, but I can I can definitely play like cyberpunk. Um, I, 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 my synth pop thing is always what can I put on while I'm driving around Night City, um, playing cyberpunk, creeping up on street gangs and um, short circuiting them with my mind. Um, and the weekend definitely fits into that now. <laughs> so how apropos. <laughs> right? So I, I so I can say. I did fuck with this album. Um, not a, I don't, not a lot of skips for me. Maybe one or two. I could probably give it an eight, eight out of ten, probably. I, and that's good for me considering I'm still more affectionate about the weekend's old like fuck music. Um, so there's that. I'm glad that the weekend is is casting a wide net that actually hit me this time. Um, gotta talk about Antonio Brown. Mm. Okay, guys. So this happened. This is another one of those things that happened right after we uh, convened, right, right after we wrapped up. Antonio Brown showed his ass at a game, and by showed his ass, I mean he he took his shirt off, literally threw it in the crowd, and walked off the field completely. And it caused all this drama because, as we know him, and there's and there's there's a couple of ways we have to unpack this responsibly, as responsible as you know we can. Y'all don't really listen to us for responsibility, but um, first of all, a lot of people had the reaction of, "Oh, this nigga crazy. Oh, this nigga wilding again. This nigga crazy. This nigga clearly has CTE." And to be fair. The CTE conversation is completely justified because we definitely saw that nigga took some punishment last year. He took one of the worst hits I've ever seen head on. And I, I'm surprised that he didn't retire after that. And his brains have been even more scrambled since. And he's been wiling out <clears throat> ever since. And yes, does this nigga do some wild shit out here? Absolutely. 100, 100%. Do I think 
do I think it's fair to lay that at his doorstep in this instance? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, there, there are a few things that people got to realize about the situation Out, outside of the obvious, most likely case of CTE that he has. The contract. Well, first of all, you know what you're getting into when you pull, when you bring him to the team. Correct. So you bring him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and with with Gronk and with you know that whole program. You know what you're getting into with Antonio Brown, and then you give him a contract that's heavily incentive laden. And he's on the verge. He's probably one game away from hitting most of those thresholds, which would give him like a million dollar bonus total. Correct. And the coach, whatever the coach's decision was, he didn't want to put him in or something like that. He 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 wanted to put him in, but he was hurt. Yeah, that's what it was. He was hurt bad. Yeah. And he's like, you're not going to fuck me up like that. And as a demonstration, you can go out, you can go out there or fuck you in your bonus. Cool. Took off his pads, took off his shirt. And he said, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You cool. Fuck you. I'm out this bitch. And and right there, if we're being honest, that is how many of you. And this is speaking as somebody that has that has made a had to make a consorted effort not to quit his job at least three times this past week. Mm-hmm. This is how many of us dream of leaving our job in spectacular show your ass fashion. It's the it is one of the ultimate working class fantasies. It's exactly the the, the movie he just quoted. That's ex, that that is one of the all time working class fantasies. Yeah, and. For people to dismiss it, oh, is that nigga crazy? When that when when that nigga knew he was hurt and decided, hey, you just ain't gonna pit me like that today. And I feel like we have a very short memory when it comes to the context of playing players um kind of past their limit. Um Friday Night Lights was completely about this. Derek, they were winning the game by a, by a landslide, and they just kept playing Derek Luke until he got himself hurt. And it's and if you want to go in real life, we all remember Robert Griffin the third RG three. Yeah. Remember how RG three was the was was the next super the, the Uber Minch. <laughs> Was the next Superman, the new Super Negro? Until he got broke. Until uh, punk ass uh, Mike Shanahan yep. played him too hard and he got himself hurt. He took a while off and came back and never played to that caliber ever again. And the rise and fall of RG3 came in a flash. I, if I remember that as an as an athlete, I know that I know they think about that every day. And you think Antonio Brown, when players are making more money, probably than RG three could have dreamed of at the time. It wasn't that long ago, but probably more money than he could have dreamed of. Mm-hmm. You think you're gonna pimp me today and fuck me and, and fuck me out of out of some shit long term? No. I keep telling y'all these players, even the ones y'all think are crazy, are smarter than you give them credit for, and they're not gonna let you, and they're not gonna just let you muscle them out of what's theirs. 
And 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 I I was watching a Dave Chappelle interview where he said his father's that his father told him, name your price in the beginning. And if the price is too high, get the fuck out. Antonio Brown decided that the price was too fucking high and told them to suck a dick. The same thing I think and hope many of you would do in that in that situation. So I think it's very dismissive when we don't think about historical context about these things and we just take them on face value of what happened in that moment. Because especially for black players that are basic that are basically workhorses for white owners. Yeah. I think we have to have a little more compassion than that. And if there's something really wrong with this nigga, us just us just going on and on about how crazy he is. When, to my knowledge, I don't think he's done anything to hurt anybody. To my knowledge, uh, nigga is crazy though. Nigga is a little wild. He's a, he's a wild boy. But but y'all know that. But y'all know that, and you know, and y'all like the show. Hey, I was gonna say because if because if it wasn't this. If he hadn't done this and it was something else, we'd be having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And it'd probably be a conversation equating to that nigga crazy. That nigga crazy, girl. Don't say nothing to him. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we, were, we were in our bag about snap music earlier and just shorty low and default and D4L and how... They just ruined any possibility I had of ever listening to the radio again. Boom, 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 candy girl. Boom, boom, boom. Boy, when the laughing taffy came out, I know, I knew, I knew my time listening to top forty was over. I and then they came out with they know. Watch out. It's Ella. See you later. Big up to all my haters. Boy, they let me tell you when that shit came out, every rapper worth they ass just ate that beat up. I'm the man, <laughs> and you know that. Boy, rest in peace, Shorty Low. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What's the, what else? That's the wow, some wild shit. What else is going on, man? Gotta, hey, man, snap music for all the shit that that we've given it is an unheralded era of music, man. That just produced some mindlessly fun music. <laughs> yeah, this is true. To not really dance to. This is true. Just remember, me it began to trap. It's going down. down. And you just sit there doing this, just, just doing a little stupid snap shit. Like, oh yeah, you man, right. You right. Music for niggas that can't dance. That's a great <laughs> era. <laughs> like you ain't even two stepping at this point. You're literally just snapping. Come are, on, man. You are correct. You are correct because I definitely remember niggas in 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 large groups. <laughs> I, and I, at the time, I questioned it differently because it was niggas in large groups with no women in sight <laughs> dancing together. Wearing tall tees. The tallest of tall tees. Oh, boy. It was it was a great time for Dallas niggas. Mm. Leather shorts. They still doing that, by the way. <laughs> My God. Oh, man. Dallas niggas give me a fucking headache. Any place that has the booty fade. Oh, God. Oh. 
They also they like nothing goes out of nothing goes out of style in Dallas. It's just a big ass clump of hair in the back, bro. <laughs> I swear, people always ask me why I hate Dallas so much. How much you know, time you got? Like you know how niggas, like you like you know how white people with sense probably look at the Jersey Shore <laughs> and that whole phase. That's how Southern black people look at Dallas, bro. Yeah, just niggas with no sense. Showing up somewhere in leather shorts and tall tees to fight <laughs> and losing and lose. Oh boy, they boy they know losing better than anybody because most of them Cowboys fans. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Let's see they in the playoffs this year. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for them to give the up. Super Bowl to talk shit. Let me, no, you know I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make my position clear, Damn. and then we can go to the next thing. Right now, I'm saying it. D. Randall is not saying it. Oz is saying it. So you put all the shit on me if it goes another way. Uh-oh. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck where they are in the playoffs. I don't care if they get all the way to the fucking Super Bowl. I am saying it now and forever. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys forever. Fuck them as a as a team, a label, a crew. All of them can suck my dick. Suck my fucking dick, Dallas Cowboys. You will never hear about me on no fucking bandwagon for Dallas. I don't care how far they get. I don't care if they I don't care if they go to I don't care if they go to space and win chan- and win masters of the fucking universe. Suck my whole dick. Damn. Fuck the Cowboys forever. Don't hold anything back, please. Bro. Jerry, Jerry Jones Jerry Jones gonna outlive us all In a fucking In, in one of them fucking cryogenic heads Like old boy on Futurama uh, And I'm gonna still say He can suck a dick on my deathbed Fuck him <laughs> Just shrivel up Oh my god Jerry Jones just shrivel up and die dog. Like He's already shriveled up <laughs> Can't get any worse yeah. than that. <laughs> oh man! So now that I've got my Cowboys hate out, <laughs> pretty much for the month. Um, yeah, I'll, you, okay. Let's. I'm gonna go ahead and get it out because there's some more hate to get out. There's, no, no, it's not the Cowboys hate. Okay, but it's some clown. It's some clownery out here in the podcast community going on. And I'm gonna get to it because I, I can't save this for the for the STFU's podcast beef. Let's go. I, let's do it. You know what? Fuck it. Let it be beef. I'm good with it. Uh oh. I'm good with it because my mother. You know my mother. Said, you can't. You can't do podcast beef. You always talking about community and civility in the podcast community. Part of community is pointing out when the fuck niggas are doing fuck shit. I forgot that your mother listens to this podcast. She does. And just heard you told the Dallas Cowboys to suck your dick. She's heard me say worse. Wow. Um, oh, God. Tristan's mother listens to this. That's, that's weird. Well, too. 167 episodes in. I mean, <laughs> again, at this that's point. That's weird, too. At this point, it's, it's her fault. <laughs> true. Very true. God, at least her father didn't listen to this. Anyway. Um, fam, fuck shit going on in the podcast community. Not here in Houston, because we'd be having a way different conversation. Most of it I'd probably have to save for Patreon to get my real shit off. Um, <clears throat> these motherfuckers from, I, I feel bad even saying their name, but we have to say their name for context. Uh, these motherfuckers from Fresh and Fit, 
Fam And this And that's the most Promotion they'll ever get from me Um Most known from When we talked about Um DJ Academics And his hate And, and him Uh Railing on black women Um over shit that he would get punched in the face by a nigga for. Um, well, the Fresh and Fit podcast is back in the in the black blogosphere in the news, and lo and behold, who'd have thunk it? They too hate black women. Um, most notably, recently they had an interview with Asian Doll. Um, I'm tired of all, no, I'm not going to talk about all the dolls, but Asian Doll. Uh, came to Fresh and Fit, and basically they said so. They said some some rude ass shit, and she said and she said they were mean spirited, and and the nigga apparently they are literally named Fresh and Fit, uh, which is the most psychotic oh. shit I've ever heard in my life. Okay, and I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna assume Fresh uh, didn't appreciate being called mean. Oh, how you come on somebody else's podcast and call him mean? Oh, how you call him um, the same way you say horrible shit about black women? And she said, "I said it. You mean? You mean? You you talking mean?" And she said, "Well, he said, well, you can go get the fuck out." And she said, "You know what? As a matter of fact, I think I will." And got up and left with with no problem, which I appreciate. She, I think she handled that very classy. Um. I will now do my best to salute her and uh, differentiate her from the other dolls, of which there are several. There's like this. See, there's like an Asian doll. There's a Cuban doll. There's a Dream doll. There's a lot of dolls, and they're all. They, none of them are older than like 22. Um, and so, um, now fresh and fit, they have dug up. Some shit because they tried to defend themselves on not dating black women. Is this all sounding familiar? If it is, keep listening. And they said, "Well, um, why why don't we get to have preferences when women say they only date women when they only date men that are tall? No one says anything, but when we say we don't date black women." We're not allowed to have preferences. Men aren't allowed to have preferences. Preferences, preferences, preferences. Listen. And I blame Kevin Samuels. If you're wondering, I do blame Kevin Samuels. Because all the all of his followers, all the, all the members of his cult, have all of a sudden decided that they were going to go out and get microphones from Best Buy. And 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 sit and sit together in threes and fours, and just rail on black women and complain about um, all the many reasons black women don't get them no pussy. These niggas are the epitome of that. These niggas are clearly, and let me be clear: these niggas do not look fresh nor fit. I said it. Do not look fresh nor fit in any form of the word. Um, and they went on to say, oh, we don't date the night Riders. Oh, we don't date. Oh, if you want to date the Laquishas and Bonequishas, that's fine. Oh, 
she's too dark from oh she's too dark uh, too brown for my liking first of all they're most likely lying <laughs> um usually niggas that talk like that are the ones who whose preference is whatever i can get facts that's usually the preference because they because they never made it clear what do who do you date no one so all we know about you is that your preference is just not black i think that's a fair assumption to make based off of the information given Continue, D. Randall. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, I mean, they. I get annoyed by many things, obviously, but I get sure. annoyed by people talking preferences all the time. Like they they treat they treat other people like a shopping list. They they treat other people like they're in the line at Chipotle, right? I I I, I want brown rice, not white rice. You know, I want two scoops of pico. I don't want medium sauce. Like, right. Like this ain't fucking build a bitch. You know what I'm saying? You, if, if you put more time into actually meeting people for people and not simply disqualifying people because of uh, trivial factors, like to me, it's just corny. It's corny to be like, I don't date black women. What is, and to your point, what is, what are you attracted to then? What are you attracted to? I bet they couldn't answer. They they can't answer. Just not black. In the same token, for the women that says, well, I don't date men under six feet. Then what do you date? What is your preference then? What are you attracted to? And y'all sit up here and have these stupid ass arguments about who excludes who from what. All of y'all are lonely And all of y'all are fucking ignorant Arguing with people that you wouldn't That you would never even consider dating Right In the first place Let's, let's, let's get that out too. Right And so if these and Again If these two dudes are talking about They don't date black women Let them wallow in their own misery on that shit And by the way Let me see What y'all actually actively do date And And And, and The and they went on this whole thing of oh why does everybody just because we say we don't date black women why does everybody think we hate black women we have black we invite black women on this podcast and to and and to what they said that comes- every time I've seen this podcast there are no less than fifteen people in that studio that contradiction makes it worse like most of them are scantily clad black women who they do not allow to say anything and they cut off at every turn right they they're using women they're using black women as an accessory. Correct. That's really what it is. I'm, I'm good enough. I'm good enough to be seen with you, but I'm not going to fuck with you. You're you're good enough to further my brand and serve my purposes, but you're not good enough to protect who to protect your honor and defend. And the reason it comes off as anti-black, in case anybody is still wondering, is because. When you say, "Oh, our mothers are our mothers are black," or or we have or we have black women in our families, means or, nothing. That don't mean shit. That don't mean shit. Just like it don't mean shit when white people say I'm married to a black man. I want I want you to look your mother and your sister in the face and say, "I don't fuck with black women." Look them in the face and say that again. Don't just associate yourself you with them. Yeah. 
don't accessorize them by saying I, you know, I allow them in my presence. You look your mother, your black mother in the face and say, mother, I do not fuck with black women. I guarantee you're not going to get a happy looking response because you don't have that same energy. And, 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 and to be real, most of this is just sensationalist talk for people who want to get reactions from people, them saying that. Correct. Shit. Correct. And I, and I figured this out when I figured out that they were pupils of academics. That should have told me all I need to know there. And, and the fact that and, and, and the, it's because they're the way they talk about black women mirrors a lot of these punk ass podcasts. That just pick up a microphone and decide that they have an opinion about black women and that's enough to make uh, two hours of content with you and some niggas and whoever y'all could pull in off the street all sitting together uh, having a circle jerk. Opinions while black by no means... Um, opinions while black is, it has, has come off in the past as a bit of a boys club. True. Is this one of the dudes that, that hosts it? Do you know what they look like? I didn't get a close look at them, but I would be willing to. Honestly, they didn't look like they dressed that fly, so I don't think that I don't know if that's him. I'm just saying because his nose takes up two thirds of his face. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is also, if you want to talk about preferences. Uh, okay, I, I remember seeing this dude. Yeah. If you really want to talk about preferences, it's okay to have preferences without proclaiming them loudly. That's my point. Week after week on your platform. Nobody can if you got if you got if you got to make that much noise, this dude looks like an actual salamander. <laughs> Look at this thing, man. Yeah, that's one of them. That's him. Yeah. How you gonna look like? How you you gonna look like you scoop up fish with your mouth? <laughs> Ain't got the nerve to talk about. You got a preference. <laughs> Can we also talk about how the how the ones who hate black women so much could never pull a black woman right. if they tried? Like another dude, man. And again, I don't I don't know these dudes. Look how shiny his head is, man. <laughs> Y'all gotta start admitting. Y'all gotta change the narrative. It's not that y'all don't like black women. They don't like your ass. Speak on it, son. You ain't lying. Oh shit! Just because you look like you hibernate for the winter. I'm just saying, man. It ain't it ain't that you it ain't that you don't like black women. It's just that they see that little LeBron hair patch forming at the top of your head, and they don't fuck with you. Oh shit, boy! Look, you can line up that ball. Yeah, boy, that hairline is hanging on by a wing of a prayer. Look how unlevel his edge up is, man. Caroline looking like the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Look at that. Oh man, he keep they keep telling him that if he look up a certain way, we won't see that we won't see that bald spot in the top in the middle. His nose hangs over his mouth. Like he, he inhales and exhales at the same time. 
circular breathing ass. Like, hairline looked like what if Stephen A. Smith started getting edge jumps? <laughs> well, come on, man. That's that's some make a wish shit right there. Oh man, look like look, look like the million man march trying to do ROTC formations. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just oh, saying, shit. man. Y'all stop. Just stop. Just just admit that black women don't fuck with you. Black women don't fuck with you, and for good reason. Like, it's so sad. It is sad, and I don't understand fresh and fit. Them niggas don't look fresh or fit. In any sense of either of those words, that nigga ain't seen that nigga ain't seen a push up since two thousand two. That nigga, that nigga, they asked him if he had food allergies. That nigga said jumping jacks. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck? Speaking of Jason Whitlock, no, (laughs) not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Uh, Um, there is one thing I wanted to. Point out I, I wanted to Actually I wanted to I wanted to pose A A, a, a working class Question to Uh-oh. you I put this on social media I got a very Interesting response Do y'all really be Lying on your applications On your job applications Hell yeah Hell yes <laughs> Shit So Cause you know I've been I've been filling out A lot of job applications I've literally been at my job on the clock on my phone, filling out them little easy apply applications on Indeed. Um, because you can get through like fifteen of those in a day. Yeah. Um, and and I actually fired up my LinkedIn too. Um, in the few quiet moments there were, and it occurred to me, some of this shit. I could just lie Like Cause the, Because Like my old store Like It's The chain still exists But Nothing Nobody Nobody that I worked under Still works for the company anymore mm-hmm. Um The district office Doesn't exist anymore I don't even know if they've replaced the district manager Since they fired the one who Who helped mentor me I don't like there's almost no trace that there's almost no trace that I worked at that store. I wouldn't even know who to contact anymore. Like when like when they ask for a phone number, I don't know what phone number to give them. That's when you put down the number of somebody, you know, you're like, hey, man, you probably gonna get a call from so and so. Tell them this. See, I didn't know people were lying on their applications because. <gasps> well, well, no, because I thought because in my head, I thought. Yeah, but what if they need me to know that shit that I told them that I know? Like, like you're obviously going to stand more of a chance of getting a job if you're bilingual. I can lie and say I know Spanish. Well, that's what why, happens when I have to speak Spanish? That's why you don't lie on what you're able to do. You just lie about the experience. Right. Okay, fair enough. So, no, I'm not going to go down that line because I am currently employed. Sure, right. Of but, course. If you are able to, to, to do what's listed in the job description. Right. And you have to get creative about the amount of experience or even the contacts. Right. Then, right. yeah. But, what, but, yes, please make sure that when you show up for the job that you're able to do the job. Right. And there were some people, and there were some people that in my, in my uh, mentions that were like, well, fam, 
I'm as 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 somebody who works in management, I can tell you, a lot of these motherfuckers come in and don't and don't know shit about shit and and yeah. take advantage of the fact that we're gonna that we're gonna put them through a training program regardless. Right. And they're gonna and they're gonna learn what they're gonna learn. And if they know those things and if, if they know those things coming in, then great for them and maybe they get paid a little more. Nope. No Look I'm very fortunate That the team That I currently manage When I worked with the team A couple of years ago I was able to help The manager at the time Make the hiring decision So I effectively Got to hire the people That I now manage And I didn't let them I didn't let anybody Get away Without Me knowing for sure That they knew What they were doing Demonstrating an actual Knowledge of things And as a As a semi-professional bullshitter myself I know how to see through the bullshit and how to draw the bullshit out of people and I would ask very specific questions about how to do things and I could tell by your answer whether or not you know how to do it okay okay that's fair that's fair but yes you are correct there are a ton of people who get hired and, and see here's here's why I don't feel guilty about Annotating Sure My experience Yeah Sometimes Because I know that anything That I apply to do I can do it There are people Who get who get on Just on experience alone Have all the experience And don't know how to do shit When they actually get there Okay And that And that's And that That's the part of it That sucks Because When, when I was like helping presidents my, Correct there, I mean, there's really other than age. There's really no job requirement for that's a president. Also, that's also true. You know, I mean, you don't have to have served. You don't have to have <laughs> just look at the previous president, and you can see all that. Be going, son. You know, you don't even have to have ever been in politics. You don't even have to know where the White House is. <laughs> this is sadly accurate. You literally have to have no experience and no job knowledge for the most important job in the country. Chris Rock said a long time ago It's the God honest truth A C student couldn't be the manager At Burger King If he's black A white C student Can be the president Correct And a white C student was At least two of them In my <laughs> In my living memory I'm like be more specific The previous one or the current one Well I, Both <laughs> Both um. Oh shit! That means oh three. Shit. <laughs> the four. If you want to have the if you want to have the William Jefferson Clinton talk, but there's way more fucked up more fucked up things that are coming out now about William Jefferson Clinton that we could talk about that we're not going to today. Uh. But yeah, I was just interested in that and and also the other rationale people had was like, well, dude, they lie to us. They lie to us. They don't give a. F- they they lie to us about how great these jobs are. So fuck it. Start lying to them. Assume every job is shit. Uh, uh, correct. Assume that every job itself is going to be because at some point you're going to dislike any job you have. They're very this is true. I, I can't think of a job that you have to apply for that at some point on some days you don't dislike. So just assume that it's going to be correct. shit. But can you do it? Because they, they, people, look, when people have interviewed with me, I, I don't even let them ask the question about, you know, is it a wonderful place to work? Mm-hmm. Is it, 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 it's a job. 
You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Correct. The thing is, can you do it? I don't. And yeah, I hate that. I don't like listening to people ask me shit about my job. You guys been busy today? Why do you, you don't care? Does it matter? You don't care. Please take these items and get the fuck out of my face. Not so unbusy that I'm going to sit here and entertain your dumbass questions all day. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, let's see. Did I get to everything? Got to that? Got to that? Got to that? Yeah, I think I got to everything. Yeah. That's a that's a good time to uh, go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You are listening to Sober Conversation with the Least Sober Team in Podcasting. Pour up. Pour up. We are back. We are black. Mm-hmm. We are opinionated. Mm-hmm. And we're actually sober today. We're so, sober. We're sober today because, in part, for me, because I got really fucked up last night. Good for you. I got, uh, man, shout out, to, shout out to Roy. Happy birthday to you, man. Put on a shirt. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get him a shirt for his birthday. <laughs> um, I, most for for the most part, the girls were in charge of the present giving, so they, you have to you have to talk to them. And I'm I'm certain none of them was volunteering to get him a shirt. Um, yeah, we had a we had a real good time. So we also. Consider him characteristically sleeveless. <laughs> Pretty <as well>. much. <laughs> it, it, was, it was so funny because I made a signature drink for his for his birthday, and I wanted it to be blue. It was blue because he is uh, a member of uh, the illustrious Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated that is also uh, observing a, I believe, a Founders Day today. <laughs> So happy Founders Day to them! It's like it's like a it's like a fraternity birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Founders Day to them! Uh, Alexa, play Mo Bounce to the Ounce. <laughs> I I guarantee you, I just fucked up somebody's Alexa. Google, <laughs> play Mo Bounce to the Ounce. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can because you can be on the phone with somebody and they say that shit jokingly. And your Google will just start playing nice. whatever it is. Um, I've definitely had a couple of uh, video calls like this. But yeah, so if you are a member of the illustrious Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, happy Founders Day to you. Um, I, I, won't play it th- I won't play it this year because I always get in, I always get in trouble because we don't want to, we don't, we don't want the, we don't want the record companies coming for our ass playing more music than we should, but Mo Bounce to the ounce for y'all. Um, it is time for White People Must Be Stopped. Uh-oh. This is why I don't fuck with white people. So, a landmark decision in stopping white people. Um, the three monsters that killed Ahmaud Arbery are all sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole without the possibility of parole what where did that what what state is that can we get that can we get that yeah, real quick i'll pull it 
Um, I'm I'm curious because at some point these all kind of just run together. Um, Georgia. Oh shit! I told y'all. I told y'all. Georgia gonna let y'all know they not motherfucking playing. Georgia. I'm, Georgia wants y'all to know it is a new day in this motherfucker. And there are certain things y'all just not gonna motherfucking do around here. Um, y'all gonna conduct yourselves accordingly, or you gonna be holding some nigga's pocket in prison. Man, if they around the right niggas, they gonna be holding the shiv <laughs> with they buttholes. They gonna be holding. They gonna be holding it all right. Um, speaking, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I, I just. Uh, I'll talk about it after after the segment, but um, because it was just crazy, you reminded me. But yeah, life forever without parole, all of them. Uh, and this is like a multi generational gathering of racist fucks. Is it like a? Is it like a a, 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 uh, a guy, his dad, and his grandfather? Something like that. Uh, the, the old, the oldest one might be a neighbor, or something like that. But you know, basically getting rid of. Three generations of racism. I was gonna one. say a multi generational gathering of racist fucks. Love it, man. All of them can burn. All each and every one of them, and and hope and hopefully the young one ain't got no kids. Because mm. they because they gonna be them kids gonna be mad. It's their origin story. I, this this might be a super villain origin story. Somebody might have to get them out. Well, no, nobody's getting kids out of paint. They can get grown though. When they get grown, it's all it's all gravy. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, good for them. I'm glad the state of Georgia is making a statement about what is and is not going to fly uh, in 2022, going into an election season, uh, going into talk of Stacey Abrams stepping up. Um. This she's running for governor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, this is all. This all bodes very well for her. Um, it's getting harder and harder to argue points of racism now. It's like for for the for the white folks, it's getting harder because the racism now is so blatant, and they so don't give a fuck, and. They have no problem with us knowing the things we know uh, about how they play out on this show, about how law, uh, what is it, uh, not law enforcement, um, rules of enforcement or whatever. Yep. Um, it, it's it. They're putting pressure. Georgia is finally applying pressure. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm happy about this, about this decision. Um. The white boys, the white boys hate it. The dude bros hate it. I say to them, go fuck yourself and clean up the fucking ocean mm. before you have anything to say about anybody else and how they do anything. Go fuck it. One, go fuck yourself. Two, go clear the ocean in that order and get fucked in prison. And then, and then the bonus round, get fucked in prison. Yeah. Um, it, send your racist stories Send your racist um, Real life encounters Along with your listener letters 
questions for myself and D. Randall or anybody on this podcast, please send those to opinionswildblack.com at gmail.com or log on to opinionswildblack.com where you can find um, ways to buy merch, ways to know more about uh, the Least Sober Team in podcasting. Um, you can also find ways to listen to us as well as if you subscribe to our email alerts, you can you can basically enter for your chance to win stuff. Some of which will be monetary. I mean, that's a oh, some of I, which I, I just got that. I said some of which will be monetary. There we go. Damn. Um, we'll be back with your listener letters and the top three STFUs. This is Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. Yep. And we are we are high we are drunk on life. We are high on life. We are drinking water. Feeling great about it. Feeling very good about it. I I have to say. Also, gotta wash down all that all that sugar from that delicious uh, high C. I'm so glad. I'm Yo, so glad. McDonald's- high C orange, greatest beverage, hands down. Perhaps justifies McDonald's whole existence. That and the hot and spices. I'm just saying, y'all. Show me a person that does not like the high C orange. I'll let you call it lava burst or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. I don't and I will show you. you someone that I don't really fuck with. I do not actively fuck with. I agree. Um, we have. Oh, yeah. It's time for listener letters. Oh. Uh, get to hear from the public. Uh, Night Shift Flexing, who we just discovered is actually our friend A.A. Ron. Uh, says I was watching Soul. I was watching an episode of Soul of a Nation, and it brought up an interesting question: When did the world show you that you were black? Night Shift Flexing, aka Rojo Grande, aka Vanilla Dynamite, aka My Wife Is My Jamal, aka the High Byline, (laughs) aka the Hibernian Viking, aka D Randall's favorite white boy for twenty twenty one, A Ron. Yeah, very nice. Um, he misspoke. I, I granted him that title of my favorite white person um, through the calendar year of 2022. So that actually expires okay. December 31st of this year. Oh boy! Because um, he he came through for he came through for your boy on the cool gray Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Okay. When I thought okay. it was impossible. Okay. You know, I mean? you know how we do. Um, right. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think I'm going to get my first pair of Jordans this year. I'm curious. I've never owned a pair of Jordans, and I am curious about several things. I'm curious about the fit. I'm curious about the. I'm curious about a lot. This is this is a lot to take in right now. This is. It will be my first pair. I. I don't know how to feel right now, and I don't know which ones I'm getting. I'm so don't proud. get me wrong. How hard is it to like find the space jams? Is 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 that still no, a bit, no 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 
No. No? Can't can't do it? No. And and for your shoe size, especially your shoe Probably. size. Probably. Okay. Okay. Fair I, I would say for you, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you wear you wear Air Force Ones. I do. Now. A good transition shoe for you might be some low top Air Jordan ones. Okay. Very similar fit. Um, it gets you into it gets you into the club. Okay. Without you know without a without a hefty financial commitment. Um, okay. You know and and you can you can call yourself a jaywalker like the rest of us. And and, and once once you've gotten comfortable with that, we'll we'll talk about some other options. Okay. Okay. The, the space jams. I'm, I'm going to say that's never going to happen. Okay. Um, All right. But Jordan 11s in general, again. I'm not sure how they work with large feet because they get they get tight around the toe area. Yeah, man. Nike, Nike, y'all gotta fix that shit. And it's a patent leather, so it doesn't really doesn't really stretch like you like you might want it to do. But we'll, we'll talk about they that. They gotta we'll fo- they gotta they gotta work on that, man. Jordan, I, that, Jordan ones, okay. Jordan ones for you. Okay, fair enough. I'll I'll I'll, I'll put that down. Lighter and more comfortable than Air Force ones. I I I love it already. Um, that is my public service announcement. Okay, okay, we got some shoe advice from from uh, D. Randall, the the Nike guru. His question was, "When did the world tell me I was black?" The question was, "When did the world tell tell us that we we're black?" The world told me I was black. I was out with a friend of so a friend of mine, well, a friend of my dad's, uh, a white boy. My dad always. Love the importance of having a white boy with sense on your team. <laughs> this was all his thing his whole life, and for the most part, it was him trying to reverse the notion of the black best friend with the white best friend. Yeah. So he let the guy take me and his nephews to Galveston. Um, we just we had fun. It was some birthday party at some at some dive bar, and. There was a little Zydeco, country Zydeco band playing. And I looked over. It was, I see, I think I was like 12. And it was this little, it was this little girl, one of, one of the guy's sisters. And it was this little girl who looked like she was no older than six years old. And she got mad. And, well, no, she didn't get mad. I walked over and asked her if she wanted to dance. Hmm. I was just playing like you know we're all just we're all just cutting up and having a good time on the dance floor you know what kids are and I asked her if she wanted to dance and she said I'm not supposed to dance with little black boys and I had never heard that before in my life and I didn't know how to process this so I kept it pushing I got home I never told my parents about this Cause they'd have freaked the fuck out. I already know. I'm freaking the fuck out just on the off chance that somebody's into it, and there might be a time when. Anyway, so she said, "I don't dance with little black boys." I said, "Oh, really, bitch? Why?" <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment. I had to remember that I am indeed black and that no matter what my light is, somebody is going to look past that light and see it. 
somebody was going to see that along the way first. I never have to think about it. Well, no, I do have to think about it all the time. It was just, it was intense. And it was intense. It was intense looking back on it as a man. Because as a kid, you let things kind of roll off your back. Wait, what was her answer again? I don't, I don't dance with little black boys. But why? Did she say why? No, she was, this this little girl was no, I mean, this, let's see. If I was 10 or 11, this little girl was no older than like four or five. Oh, okay. So she was just regurgitating something that had been told to her. Gotcha. And her mother had a taste of that black wood. Uh, correct. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. That is how I feel. That's usually about how it. it is. So daddy didn't want her dancing around black men. There you go. And so that was that was my big wake up call. Mine was I don't know if I I feel like I told the story before, but mine was the incident in Target where the um the older racist gentleman um that was in front of us at the snack bar um you know cut in front of my sister and I think I was 8 at the time my sister was about 4 uh my mother gave us while she was checking out she gave me some money to go get us some hot dogs from the snack bar or whatever and the white dude cut in front of us and the woman who was behind the counter you know acknowledged him like uh sir you've you skipped those two kids over there. They were actually next in line. Like, dude was like, I don't give a fuck about a nigger and blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he went down this, it was, he went down that whole stereotypical, like, movie he script racist channel. No time. And the, the guy, the cook, the line cook, whose name was Mickey, I will never forget this. Mickey was a nigger with a jerry curl. He jumped over the counter and confronted the, the white dude. And I mean, this dude looked like an old, biker dude like, of course and um the the black woman was like mickey is not worth it mickey it's not worth it mickey it's not worth it and the dude just kept you know spouting all this racist shit and um you know of course i and you know still got my hot dog and you know at the time i didn't really because i'm eight or whatever i didn't really know how to react to it mm. and you know, told my mother about it. My mother was like, what, when, where, how, and why? Cause it all, you know, it all passed by the time we got back to her. Oh, it was go time. Yeah. But it was, it was also over. So, right. <laughs> but we had to talk about it after that. And, um, that's the earliest memory that I have of us having discussions about race. I'm pretty sure like all through my life, my, my old man has always been, I don't trust white boys. So I'm pretty sure at some point, <laughs> He put it in my head, but that was the first time that I can recall actually being confronted by the reality of what other people see, you know, saw in me and my kind. It's rough. It's rough out here. And I feel bad because it ain't. It's not getting any better. No, like. Like that's the least a kid a kid will say to you now. Like, and I'm telling you, her being five years old now, her nowadays wouldn't make any fucking difference. And I can tell you this from experience because I've heard quite a few of of your little foul mouth kids on Call of Duty talking cash money shit, just talking one v one me, you fucking pussy. Wow. I shit you not. Let me, I, let me find that IP address. 
That's <laughs> right. What's your pull up? What is, right? What what is your phone number? What is your area code? Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I, that that's a wild one. Um, that's a good question actually. Uh, let me see what uh David Santiago has for us. What is your favorite experience on edibles? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I'm leaving it there. I'm leaving it there. What is your favorite experience on edibles? I you cannot share. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't tell the story. So, I'm. Can I tell this one? Yeah, I can tell this one. So, I always talk about our legendary guy trips. Not really guy trips, just crew trips. Um, we went to. Oh man, I can't I can't think of it now. The island. The island. Padre. Okay. And someone someone had just created a batch of cookie batter. Teeming with THC. This is some years ago now. Teeming with THC. This was like two years ago. Yes. <laughs> and we started off the trip. I was I was I'm, usually we start off unpacking everything, um, getting everything set up and you know, we stop for groceries for the weekend and all that shit. And <laughs> he wastes no time. I waste no time pouring drinks. He wastes no time handing out cookie batter and also um, regular edibles. I took the cookie batter. I don't know how much THC he used. He never needs to use that much again. You didn't even bake the cookies? No. No. Oh, so you had everything in there still. And so they took the edibles and walked down to the beach, which was like a block away. I stayed and I could feel it. I could already, I was sitting in a stool writing down some notes for something. (laughs) And all of a sudden it just kicked right the fuck in. Right in. For some reason, it felt like I was falling out of this seat. And for me, too much THC that night put me in a mode where all I could feel was a sense of just constant falling. That just the dread and the fear as if you were falling out of a fucking plane. But you're standing perfectly still the whole time. But you feel yourself falling while functioning normally. This is something you should have to process. The gang gets back. I'm trying not to lay on that. I'm just really fucked up right now. Ugh. So I'm just sitting in, in the seat, shaking. <laughs> and I got it in my mind. They had taken Master Splinter hostage. No, they took. No, 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 not Splinter. Why am I saying Master Splinter? They took, uh, in my mind, they took someone hostage that I didn't see there at the time. Yeah. 
And I said to myself We started playing Cards Against Humanity And I started handing out shots But then I'm saying to myself I am so high I must be this high Because someone wanted me to be this high And I must And someone must want me to be this high Because they want to rob me and steal my car Amazing how like high stories always have that internal dialogue about how high you are. Correct. Okay. And it must only be because somebody wants me to be this high. This is a setup. And somebody could only <laughs> possibly want me to be this high because they want to because they want to run in here and kill me. The suspicion. There's a serial killer yes. amongst us. There's a wolf amongst us and I have to and I have to find them. And so we're playing cards against humanity. I'm not actually playing. At this point, I'm so high I'm just holding the cards to look normal. But I don't look no, but I don't look normal. I've got them all on my face like stage high, three, like the this. struggle to look normal. And I'm sitting there just <laughs> looking around like nobody can see me wilding the fuck out over here. And I got it in my head. I was looking for body for body language. <laughs> Mannerisms. I thought I was Sherlock fucking Holmes. I convinced myself. This is. I'm not kidding. Um, I don't know who it was. Cooper could probably tell the story. I convinced myself that not only did somebody want us to be this high, one of us was a serial killer. Wow. One of us was a serial killer. That wanted everybody to get this high And then we just pass out And then they kill us all That's I did I did this And the whole time trying to look normal And apparently I said it out loud a couple of times Because all of a sudden One of our friends goes Oh wow he's saying serial killer a lot And that is really high I don't know what he's going through and you never solved the mystery, did you? Well, so I thought I did. <laughs> I was like, it could only be her. Everybody wants it to be euphonic, but it could only be her. Who is her? Um, one of our one of our mutual female friends. Okay. Was she there? Yeah. Okay. That came on the trip. Okay. Uh, she just came late, <sighs> and she was like, "That happens to most of them." And she was like, oh, oh. Be going, son. And she was like, well, I was just saying something about serial killer a lot. So I feel like maybe I should just go to bed. Hey, hey. Which would have been a smart idea for everyone. Um, this is how I found out that I had, the, that I had either the floor or the, um, the living room couch, which was freezing fucking cold. Yeah. Which is my which is my thing on? So how did it? So how did so, how did it end up like? Okay, so I go around compiling <laughs> profiles on what the killer must be doing, and I'm like, I can't go to sleep because the killer wants us all to go to sleep because that's when the killer is going to strike. So when everybody start going to start trying to wrap it up and go to bed, I'm walking around patrolling. Nobody knows what the fuck I'm doing because I'm walking around pretty much, pretty much in my swim trunks, which might as well be my underwear, looking at everybody. Osmond, shout what the fuck you want? Nothing. You're good. This is scary. 
And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What if I'm the killer? What if I'm the killer? What if I planned this a long time ago? And like my other half planned this a long time ago, and I'm just trying to get to and and so I'm just waiting on everybody else to go to bed. Well, how much cookie batter did you have? Quite a bit. You framed yourself as a serial killer. And sure enough, I was like, I gotta I gotta I gotta stay awake. I gotta stay awake. I gotta save myself. I'm gonna get in the shower. Fully clothed I'm running Get in the shower <laughs> This will keep me awake I gotta stay awake All night So I don't kill anybody Wow Cause if I go to bed That's when the other half Is gonna Is gonna Pop out The killer gonna come out And then I'm gonna kill everybody So I have to go outside <laughs> On the patio Once I've Walked in the shower Randomly <laughs> So I have to go on the patio now And I have to lock myself out here on the patio All night <laughs> So I won't kill anybody Because I must be the killer Oh man And then their next door I felt sick because next door There were these white girls All in, all in having a pool party hey, hey. And I was like Well I'm not going to do nothing in view of no white women White women going to fuck it up <laughs> And so I fell asleep out there And the next morning the Old girl comes up to me Cooper goes So did you find the killer asshole Oh man And I was like oh god I did that for real Yeah, yeah. you kept talking about a serial killer and stuff You went to everybody's room You were like soaking wet You were just <laughs> walking in the shower This man took a shower fully clothed and, and then went to everyone's room <laughs> to find the killer, which was him. Which was me. <laughs> and I foiled myself. I, I, I defeated myself. <laughs> everybody I told the, I recounted this story to everyone. Everybody was like, You are a fucking lunatic. Wow. Oz, you are a fucking lunatic. Something's wrong with you. Well, Hey, and that is the story of Oz versus the killer. That is it, man. You gotta give some air horns on that one because that is yeah, that is some of the highest shit I've ever heard ever. I, I solved a mystery. I, I solved a mystery that did not exist about a killer that that was me, but totally wasn't. <laughs> it was very weird. It was very weird. And what, what was weirdest was like I was going through my bag. You know, we always have outdoorsy shit. Mm-hmm. When we go on these trips, and I had, we always have a little, we always have a little hunting knife, shit like that. And I had my like kunai knives, my little kunai mm-hmm. throwing throwing knives. I was like, why the Good. fuck do I have these? Wow, holy shit! <laughs> I'm the killer. Oh, man. <laughs> And he's like, what? And, and then nobody's listening to me because they're just as high. So they're like, why are you, why do you keep talking about a killer? 
The killer's here. Fucking everybody else is high. They were like, yeah, we, no, oh, this shit was powerful. What nobody's high getting fucked up uh. until the next morning. That's it. That's it. Everybody just had to ride it out. Uh. Worst shit. Worst shit ever. Euphonic is never allowed uh, to do that ever again. Y'all still trust that boy with stuff, man. <laughs> I only let the nigga try to kill me once. I'm good. That jungle juice he made, I was like, nah, we're not doing that again. Oh yeah, he did. Oh god, he fucked you up on your anniversary. Yeah. Oh boy, I've never fucked anybody up on their anniversary. My god. Um, that was a story. Damn. Opinions while black. Gmail dot com. Uh, you know what to do. Send us your listener letters. Uh, find us on social media. Thank you guys for those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for that. Uh, I never thought I'd share that story in public with people. <laughs> and lo and behold, um, it is now time for the top three SCFUs. Who are the three people that who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up. Uh, number three is Tristan Thompson. Man, somebody on Twitter said, "I don't know. I don't know why they called why they why they named their baby True." And this nigga, ain't, this this nigga been telling lies since he met, since he met Chloe. That is crazy. I mean, this nigga's old. This nigga now there are there are cheating fools. This nigga is a. Cheating motherfucking fool. You lose them, how you get them? This is true. Um, so recently, Tristan Thompson found out that um, his his side piece baby was absolutely his uh, through paternity test results. And when the, when the test results came out, he went on social media and and made some seemingly heartfelt apology to Chloe. About how sorry he was and how he he didn't deserve her and didn't deserve the things that he put her through, fam. Here's why we don't want to hear this shit. How are we only getting this now that it turns out that the baby is yours and not when you cheated, right? In the first place to put yourself in the position Or when you put yourself in the position The 18 million times before you fucked this chick Right, you knew you knew you were cheating When you got accused of it at the time But only admit it Well now there's forensic evidence to tie you to that So now you're caught and you're sorry Yeah, no, we don't want to hear that That's how it is, niggas ain't sorry until they get caught I'm telling you, cause that, cause that was some bullshit, boy. And and Chloe been getting it worse, cause now people are convinced that this is Chloe's comeuppance, because everybody remembers that she was that she was fucking Lamar Odom back when he was cheating on uh, Taraji P Henson. Mm. And 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 the fact remains that that nigga was on crack and cheating on her, and still treated her better than Tristan Thompson. Cause let me tell you something. I'm not fucking around on Taraji P. Henson for nobody. Fuck out of here. And especially. Not no not, fucking Kardashian. Not OJ's daughter. <laughs> pre, 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 pre surgery. Like. <laughs> Chloe with the original jaw? 
Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah. They say they say Chloe got more final forms than Freeze on Dragon Ball Z, and Tristan Thompson defeated every one of the motherfuckers. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um. Yeah, man. We don't want to hear that shit. We don't want to hear that shit. If anything, apologize to Jordan. Cause you definitely, cause you definitely got Jordan dragged through the woods, fam. Listen, and and people have brought this up on social media too. Everybody forgot that season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where the sisters and Kamora Lee Simmons all teamed up, uh, talking about we have to get this bitch, and this bitch got to respect you, mm-hmm. and. And and if these bitches feel like they can fuck with your man, they fucking with your family. They fucking with your family, and they and and and, and they fucking with your way of life and your child's well being. And they don't give a fuck about you. And they don't give a fuck about your kids. First of all, Kamora Lee Simmons is a hell of a person to talk shit. I mean, as a person who was pursued as a as a minor. I, by someone who would eventually be me too. Be going, it, son. Not sure what she's talking about there. <laughs> she ain't playing with a strong hand either. She is definitely not. And got mad when Jordan got mad and tried to get Chris uh, Jenner to uh, step in and fuck up uh, Jordan being all red table talk. This is a bunch of shit. And Chris Jenner was looking like, nah, bitch, you got to learn too. <laughs> you you got to learn about these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 now look at Jordan. Jordan is the epitome of if success were were the best revenge. She doing she doing good for herself. She looks better than you. Uh she's fucking one of the two one of the two NBA niggas where certain isn't cheating. <laughs> I'm just saying like we know Carl ain't fucking around on that. Well, I'm convinced of it. I, yeah, ain't no fuck. I, no, I don't. I don't see that he is. Yeah, no that that nigga that nigga looks properly sprung <laughs> at all times. Damn, I got he. This see that nigga got COVID. Well, that nigga caught COVID again or was on quarantine, and for no reason other than it was Tuesday, sent this chick another car. I mean. You don't even have a 2004 to be sorry for. <laughs> and you send an apology card, my nigga. That's, what it, hey. that's how you know when these chicks got the infinity stones and they shit. That's how you know. I'm saying it. Uh, in the meantime, Tristan Thompson. Does Tristan even play basketball anymore? God damn. He does. He plays for, I think he still plays for Cleveland. Oh, well, that's why we don't know about it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, if, if if we don't know about it, that's it's why Cleveland or Sacramento, oh, Sacramento, yeah, even worse. I was gonna say that's not that's not an improvement. Now he just play he just playing for who who whoever will pick him up. I forgot he went to UT. Also makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Tristan Thompson can go ahead and get a heaping helping of. Shut the fuck up. Number two is the media. I really want the media to stop winding black women up over things that they don't care about or trying to wind them up. So recently, um, 
what was it? It was an article where that said black Twitter was in a frenzy when they found out Alfonso Ribeiro Carlton from the Fresh Prince had a white wife and a bunch of white kids. They they were shocked. No, they weren't. Black Twitter responded as not giving a fuck. <laughs> like, oh, you talking about us? Right. They were like, we we were in a frenzy. When was this frenzy? We were not present for this frenzy. You talking about the dude that played Carlton Banks? <laughs> that played Carlton fucking Banks. I shit you not. And there's a bunch of pictures of him and his white family. First of all, I don't think anybody was under the impression that Alfonso Ribeiro was dating black women. And I, I, I follow what you say about the media because I remember the other day um, when the news about um, uh, Arbery's murderers, yeah, the, the sentencing came down. I remember seeing the news from I think it was MSNBC. I know that it was a very, a very liberal leaning okay. site, and the headline said. White murderers sentenced to life without possibility of parole. And That's it, it. And then, and then, well, that was just the headline. Well, sure. And then every other headline that I read, you know, it did. It didn't make mention of their race, but this one was specifically written to stoke certain to to evoke Correct. a certain reaction by highlighting the fact that now, granted, before I sound like a sellout nigga, y'all, I. Fully understand, and I and I understand the the racial implications behind this entire situation, and the fact that these three white men murdered a black man for no reason other than they are racist pieces of shit. Correct. But I can tell that in the the, the tone of the headline was done so to evoke a reaction that prompted a racial response from from the reader. Right, and I was like, yo. They are murderers that got convicted of killing someone. That is what it is. Thank you for having the justice system apparently work for a change. For once. But they, you know, I always recognize that. Again, I'm about to sound like a sellout. On the one hand, we have to keep the narrative alive that racism still exists and that there are still people out there who do things to black people. Based on racist tendencies. Correct. But at the same time, the media always has to inject race into things that are sometimes just very, very menial things. And, and, and not even that, just stoke the fire on very unimportant tangential things. Right. Uh, situations that don't matter nearly as much as Ahmaud Arbery. And, and not only that... The, there was that whole thing where um, apparently the media just found out five seasons five seasons in and a series finale in that the men of Insecure majority have white wives or girlfriends. Really? Pretty much all of them. I, see, that's the thing. I don't know. The, the, I don't know the caveat. Any of them are married to all of them. They, I, I didn't. Neither did I. Uh, nobody and I don't think anybody cared until right now of course it came up that Lawrence has a white wife that nigga's just I mean that nigga's just fucked for life like he's he's just gonna spend the next five years being the most hated black man in America 
Like Joffrey was. It's time for him to do that spinoff, though. That yeah. Lawrence Lawrence Hive spinoff. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, yeah I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you that'd be a that's a cast. Chad, uh, featuring none of the women from from <laughs> absolutely none of the women. <laughs> Just like Lawrence, Chad, Dro, Dro, um, Derek gonna pop up once in the blue moon. Um, when he's in town, him and Nathan are friends now. <laughs> hey man, regardless, man, we got to get back on these hoes. <laughs> oh, Nathan cut his hair. Oh, Nathan cut his hair. Nathan gonna fuck his lineup. Um, light skinned dudes. Y'all can't cut y'all shit that low, man. <laughs> Your hairlines are very sensitive. That I'm telling you, that fresh and fit nigga. Yeah, that fresh and fit nigga got yeah. the that got the worst line, especially when your shit is already kind of receding. Boy, it look like a catfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and the thing is, so <laughs> no one really cared until that came up, and even then, when uh, nobody really worried about who Derek was fucking. You know what I'm saying? And even then. I think we all could have guessed. I don't even know if Derek is black, but also why? Was, <laughs> why do we? Why do we even care? But see, if if those guys would not have been black, no one would have. No one would have cared who they are married to. Well, and, and the other thing is that it's like they're predicting the the backlash. But the problem with that is these niggas and the reason we didn't know that they had white wives one way or the other is because we've never heard them say anything but glowing positive things about black women so what's the problem especially uh um uh lawrence j ellis j ellis j ellis is is Issa's biggest number one fan best friend he sings her praises daily yeah you know what i'm saying and it cheapens the conversations we're really having when we have to dilute it with things that don't have really have anything to do with that shit. Them niggas don't. Them niggas ain't. I don't think any of them niggas have said anything but glowing, decent, positive things about black women. So I don't give a fuck who's in their bedroom, and I'm sure nobody else does. So the media can really just stay the fuck out. Stay the fuck out of our affairs. Quit reading. Quit trying to um, algorithm black Twitter for the news and shut the shut fuck up. The fuck up. And the number one person who has to shut the fuck up is New York's new mayor Eric Adams. That still feels weird. This to is see a, that dude as a mayor. That's a wild nigga, dog. I didn't know. I, I had to research him a little bit. He crazy, but fits right in for New York. It fits right in for COVID era in New York. Yes, it does. I agree. Uh, that nigga wild and and well, anything's better than De Blasio. So a lot of things are better than De Blasio. I mean, Giuliani was also a mayor. Well, that's true. Is he better than De Blasio? Yeah, yeah. We could probably rank the past ten, fifteen years of New York mayors, um, and it's all and and they're all like bottom of the barrel anyway. So Eric Adams basically uh, in a in an interview uh, said some hot shit about quote unquote what is it low skill workers mm-hmm. 
which a year ago were considered essential workers. Um, and they had the nerve to start rattling off some, start rattling off some fucking places. If you work at Waffle House, first of all, let's let's make one thing clear: you can't be the mayor of New York, where people have to work four and five jobs just to live in your city, because y'all let the fucking uh, building, y'all let the fucking uh, contractors and let the fucking developers run a fucking muck. So people already got to work it. Already got to work at Google and McDonald's just to make a living to working to live in your fucking city. You can't get on and talk about low skill workers. Not only that, we know now that low skill workers pretty much save the economy. Yeah, and here you are talking shit. You know what I consider a low skill worker? Um, believe it or not. You know, I, you can crucify me. It's flipping burgers and dealing with people's shit at the same time is is not a low skill whatsoever. Let me tell you something. I saw that I saw a meme recently that said, "What's fucked up is the y'all talking all this shit about low skill workers, but any of them low skill workers could get it could get in one of these little fancy office jobs and do a decent day of work." Yeah. Meanwhile, the motherfucker, the motherfuckers in them fancy jobs wouldn't last a day working a restaurant or working a retail store. Guess who would not last a day in a fast food restaurant? Me. Also me. Also me. Whatsoever. That I, somebody would have got their food spit in. I'm that, sorry. Yeah, like the one of the first three people that day would have got their food spit in for me. The meme of the the Popeyes lady sitting on the bench looking tired of y'all shit. That's me at 9 a.m. <laughs> an hour. That's me an hour into my shift, whatever time my shift starts. Like, nah, I'm good. Oh, they know me now. That's me at the desk. Always looking <laughs> defeated. Oh, every time they walk in, you know, because my colleague has dealt with this for years. So she's used to it. This is nothing to her. She dealt with a much higher volume store before that. Me? By myself right now because she has COVID. I, that Al Bundy look of defeat. Remember Al Bundy used to just come home and put his and and bury and bury his face in his hands. Just he just sitting that on that couch, put the one hand in his pants, other hand on the remote, and just be like, "Fuck it." That is me defeated at the desk every day. I shit you not. You need to quit that job, man. I'm I'm so I'm so close. I'm so close. I got an offer. I had to turn it down. I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for you to do it, man. It's another job. Oh, well. <laughs> Fair point. That's it. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> um, probably a low, probably a, a low skill one. Mm. I just got a call from a low skill job. That I had to turn down. They weren't paying enough. I'm not working on Harwin, and I'm not working in a call center. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, just not doing it. Um, and I'm not doing it for free subscriptions to Sirius. Wow. Um, so yeah, Eric Adams, you're not off to a good start. You're not. I don't think he's going to be off to a good finish either. <laughs> not at all. I just, I suspect that. <laughs> so really, Eric Adams can go ahead and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! Oh, man. No, I don't think he's going to be up to a good finish. Mm-mm. I don't think... It, 
I said it's a scandal. I, do we think he's going to get fucked up off of a scandal? I mean, he is kind of a living, breathing scandal in and of himself. So yeah, I would not be surprised. And then we've had people, we've had black people in positions of power that got fucked up off of less than that. I remember when they fucked over Ray Nagin because he wanted a chocolate New Orleans. That was the wildest I, shit I've ever I heard remember, in my life. I remember that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty terrible. That was just, just, D. Randall, did we do a podcast? We most certainly did. Oh, we got through it. We got to it. We did it. We did it. I, I'm saying that more for me because last night was a little lit for me. <laughs> it was a lot lit. You can You can go too hard. And we we still gotta we still gotta go ahead and knock out a quick Patreon, um, guys. Thank you so much. The best is yet to come. I mean, the best is here. But there's gonna be even better than the best mm-hmm. to come. Um, I'm just predicting a good year, man. I, I and, and and you know, don't let the smooth taste of me complaining about my day job fool you. I still have plans. Yeah, I still have plans to thank you, thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Um, it has not gone unnoticed. The engagement is back. Um, the the listenership is back. We're it's it's gonna be a good motherfucking year. Yes, it we is. We have a good year. Get comfortable. Yes, Pour yourself yeah. something. Um, church announcements. D. Randall. Mm. Oh, we're gonna be off next week, aren't we? We will be off next week. We're gonna uh, be off. Getting my uh, my gas lines redone over here. So yeah, they gonna they gonna turn my gas off. Okay, um, bill is paid. They're just working on it, right? Y'all. That's right. We're good. Let me He's be clear. clear. He's good. Be clear. Um, but week after isn't it week after next week after that we're gonna have a yeah we're gonna have a guest yeah yeah week after that we're gonna have a special guest. Yeah. Yeah. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. But yeah, we're definitely gonna have some good shit for you uh, next episode. So we're gonna take next week off, um, collect ourselves, get some uh, get some other project work done, and uh, we will see you in two weeks. I guess that's right. Um, but we're gonna be here, so we we'll be, be here in two here. weeks with more foolishness and fuckery. Yes. Until then. This has been episode 167 of Opinions While Black. I have been Oz. I have been D. Randall. As always, forever imparting titties.